Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations about all things, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Hula Ramos, and joining me today is Sheena Yap Chan. She is a very accomplished keynote speaker, coach, consultant, and podcaster of the Tao of Self-Confidence, where she interviews Asian women about their inner journey to self-confidence. She is also the co-author of the international best-selling book, Asian Women Who Boss Up, and she'll be sharing how you can boss up yourself. Please welcome Sheena Yap Chan. How are you doing, Sheena? Hi, Hula. I'm doing well. And thanks for that amazing introduction. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you know what? I think just by reading your bio, you bossed me up. But we'll learn more about what that all means um, as we continue on with this, this podcast. Uh, first of all, let's just start from the beginning. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, for sure. So I was born in the Philippines. I uh, moved to Canada with my family when I was seven. And, you know, growing up in Canada, especially in the early 90s, you know, I never saw anybody that looked like me on TV or on mm -hmm. billboards or in magazines. So I was always, a, I was always ashamed of being Asian because I was like, I didn't have blonde hair and blue eyes. You know, I have black hair, I have small eyes, I, you know, and so, <laughs> right. so I always wanted to be a, a you know, blonde hair, blue eyed girl named Heather, because that's what I thought being beautiful was. And so Wow. You know, yeah. And I was always very ashamed of that because I, I was, you know, I wasn't white. I was Asian. Right. Uh -huh. And having representation is very important for me because of that reason. It was the main reason why I created the podcast, because I just don't want our current and future generations to feel small because of their cultural upbringing or cultural background, especially with what's been going on now. Like it's really important to showcase, you know, a stronger representation of Asian women. That's why we've created I created the podcast. We've created the book, Asian Women Who Boss Up, because I've seen lots of women saying we've been bossing up for years, but nobody talks about it, right? Because of our right. upbringing. Our upbringing always tells us never make any noise, never brag, never say anything. Just stay in your background, like stay in the background. Never, don't come out of your shell. And because of that, so many of us are suffering. And especially with women, um, it, there's a report saying women are almost two and a half likely to most likely targeted more than men over a hate crime. And it, that's because of what society sees us, right? As quiet and submissive. I mean, these are things that you would never think could happen, but it's possible because now, you know, I'm sharing these stories out so that women out there can feel like they're not the only ones who are dealing with this. And even then, like dealing with my own confidence issues, I couldn't even find any support systems that really targeted Asian women back then. Right. And so a part of me always felt like I was crazy. <laughs> like, am I the only one who goes through this? And, yeah. And so I didn't realize a lot of women actually, you know, had similar issues, but because we don't talk about it, it's like, it doesn't exist. Right. And it's kind of like what's been going on with our community. Right. Because, because nobody talks about what's been going on. Nobody knows that this is happening. Right. Nobody talks about us in history books. Nobody, you know, thinks that we go through racism, but we actually do. It's just, we don't talk about it as much. Or if something bad happens to us, we kind of just let it go and not say anything and kind of hold it in, which also well, isn't right. Well, Sheena, let me, let's, let's, I mean, I definitely want to delve into yeah. that for sure. But, but let me ask you this, because I mean, obviously I'm putting a stereotype in regards to Canada. Like yeah. to me with you saying, you know, you're, you grew up Filipino and you, you moved to Canada. Like in my head, I was like, really? Canada was, was just as, you know, growing up in Canada is just as bad. You hear about like Canadians being all nice and like, Hey, you know, we're, we spell Canada and we say a at the end. Tell me about your, your, how you grew up. 
yeah, I mean, you know, we were just a normal family. Uh, I have two sisters and then my parents and yeah, we just really, we just, you know, growing up in different cultures is different, right? Cause you want to assimilate with Canadian culture, but then you still have your upbringing, right? So I was, I was born in right. the Philippines, but we're also Chinese. So I had not only one Asian culture to go through, but two Asian oh, cultures. So there's okay. always like a fight, right? And it's like, sometimes when you speak your voice, especially when you go back home and you're with your relatives, you know, when you speak your voice, it's really considered as, oh, you're being rude. It's like, no, it's, it's not being rude, but like all these different perceptions that they have, right? It's like, oh, because you're from the West, that's how they are. They're rude. It's like, well, no, this is us actually just speaking our voice. And so right. there was always like a little rift when we would go home. And, uh, uh -huh. you know, as kids, you don't understand. You're like, why are they saying that? Like, I'm just really speaking my voice, right? Right. But because we're not taught to speak our voice and talk about, you know, uh, our opinions, it was foreign to them. And, uh, you know, I, we wouldn't know that unless now, right? We look back and like, okay, they just weren't used to it, right? And there's a lot of things we're not used to. But yeah, I mean, the first TV show I ever saw that highlighted an Asian family was All American Girl by Margaret Cho. And oh, that, really? Yeah. And that didn't even last long. I think it only lasted no. one season, right? And then right. after that was like uh, The Joy Luck Club, which is one of the greatest movies ever. Right, and then right. It was kind of quiet, you know? I mean, other right. than that, I would watch like the Gala movies <laughs> and uh -huh. then. <laughs> so then and, for you growing up, were you like, I'm sick and tired of trying to portray this model minority Asian stereotype that I need to be submissive and, and you know, in the background? It, like, how did you decide, like, I'm going to be an author or, or you know, I'm yeah. going to highlight the Asian culture more? What inspired yeah. you, Sheena, personally? For, for me, honestly, this this didn't happen in my childhood. It actually happened more in my 30s, like in my early really? 30s. Yeah, like because. You know, when you start to like go out on your own and see different things out there, especially like online, you see different perception of things, especially when it comes to entrepreneur. It's like, here's the entrepreneurial lifestyle. I got the nice car, the nice house. You can make money in 90 days. But, you know, right. that doesn't always happen. And that's not like the actual truth. Most people actually don't make money in the first 90 days. I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's like they paint this picture saying it's, oh, it's so easy, right? Failure mm -hmm. is seen as something negative, and especially in Asian countries like uh, Hula. I, I failed kindergarten in the Philippines because I colored a photo outside the lines. And I had to really? like- Really? Yeah, I had to like move to another school and redo kindergarten all over again. Like that's how bad it was. And that's probably no. why- that's, that's, probably, that's yeah, yeah, what happens? Um, and that's probably why I always thought I was a constant failure because it stemmed from my childhood trauma, right? And a lot of us uh -huh. don't realize our childhood traumas carry with us until our adulthood, unless, you know, we discover it or like make, bring awareness to it. So it's really important for that. And even my sister in high school, um, she's, I remember her, she decided to like walk by our closet mirror and like, you know, most closet mirrors are like, she, when she walked by the mirror, she had to like take a look at herself because she was like, oh my God, I forgot I was Asian because we're brought up here, right? Wow. We assimilate to the culture. You know, we right. have, we, we end up, you know, growing up here and not having the accent. And right. so, so when we look in the mirror, we forget that, oh, we're not Caucasian, right? We're Asian. Right. And right. So it, it was, yeah, it was quite a trip. And honestly, it wasn't until in my early thirties when I realized like, why aren't like women being celebrated, especially Asian women? Mm -hmm. Like, we do so many amazing things, but nobody talks about it. And to be honest, I was sick of seeing the same five people you see online or on stage. It's like, where's the diversity? Right. Where's like, you know, there's no hello, hello, or you know, whatever right. you call it. Right. And so, so that's why I was just sick and tired of it. And I realized like, if I really wanted representation, 
like it really had to start with myself, right? Like I had to go out there and do it, even though I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I didn't even know what a podcast was when I started. I just knew it was uh-huh. on app. I just knew it was on Apple. <laughs> I was like, it's something on Apple. I don't know. <laughs> that's and, funny. Yeah. And that's how it stemmed. Like I just got sick and tired of not getting enough representation. And, you know, a lot of us complain we're not represented enough. We're so underrepresented, but yet what are we doing to create representation, right? It takes Mm -hmm. all of us to create the representation we deserve. And even when I first started podcasting, like there was no Asian people, there was hardly any Asian people creating a podcast in like 2015. I can probably count them in the, like, you know, the palm of my hand. And so it was even worse when there's no female Asian podcasters. I was just like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this because there's no one else doing it. But Right. Sometimes you just got to start it, right? Maybe you could be the trendsetter. I don't know. But I knew something had to be done. And I, I, what I really love about podcasting is just you can listen to them at any given moment. You can download them and listen to them offline. And most people are like, you know, I get to listen to them while I take care of my kids, while I'm doing my chores, when I'm out for a jog or stuck in the subway or you know, if you've ever been to the Philippines, stuck in traffic, like right, crazy exactly. traffic. Um, right. It's a great way to just listen to something, right? While you're you're in those situations. And so, yeah. So we, your podcast, so you, uh, from what I'm hearing, you started your podcast in 2015, roughly. Yeah. And you're now grown. It's now, you know, 2021. And your podcast, The Tao of Self-Confidence. Can you share what your podcast is about and how you got to that title? Oh, my God. You might, you'll love the story, but so, cause it didn't even start with the tell of self-confidence. So yes, in 2015, around September, 2015, I launched my podcast. I didn't have right. any crazy launches. I just basically went on Facebook and said, Hey guys, I have a podcast. <laughs> 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 Nothing crazy, honestly. Um, that's all I did. And so when I first started my podcast, I actually started interviewing women from all backgrounds because I just didn't think at the time I could get all Asian women, um, you know, sharing their story. But then as I got to do it, I said, no, this has to be um, all Asian women, because this is this is what the podcast was intended. And Uh so, like I mentioned, when I first started my podcast, I wasn't going to name it the towel self confidence, I was actually going to name it the stripper and have a tagline like to strip your limiting beliefs away. And so, you know, I, yeah, (laughs) so I was trying to be clever. And so I hired, you know, a person to get the graphics done for my podcast. And it was like a silhouette of a stripper with a whip. And at the time, thank God I invested in like a mastermind of like seasoned podcasters. Cause if not, I don't <laughs> think I'd be here today talking about it. Cause I was like, okay guys, I'm going to launch my podcast and this is it. It's like, it's called the stripper. And then, you know, of course, when people see a photo of a silhouette of a stripper with a whip, the, right. everyone was like, yeah, that's not going to fly. Um, you're going to bring in the wrong crowd they're going to get the wrong messaging. It's just nine out of 10 people said no. <laughs> right. Right. And right. So I was like, Oh my God, if I can't even get the title, right. How am I going to get the show? Right. <laughs> so I had to like step back, had a friend help me and realize that, you know, we just got to get clear on what your message is about. And so right. she helped me come up with a title, the Tao of self-confidence. Cause I saw a lot of people saying the art of the art of the art of, and I was like, okay, that sounds good. The art of, but I didn't really want to say the art of, cause it's like mm-hmm. everyone was doing it. And so that's right. when I started looking up, you know, the, I saw the word towel, right. And kind of looked it up to see what mm-hmm. it means. Um, mm-hmm. and so it meant the way, so it's like the way to self-confidence and everyone's way to self-confidence is always different because we're all different people. 
what may work for me might not work for you. And so to showcase, you know, different ways to do that, some person who's listening can relate to that one person's story and realize like, okay, well, if she can do it, then I can do it, right? If she was in jail for three years and now is a successful coach, then I can do it. If this girl can fly a plane with her feet, then, you know, I can go out there and conquer my, some of the things that I've been going through. And it's just because when you can like empower women through storytelling, it really does help them forge their own path. Or it was even a statistic, like if women saw other women in leadership roles, there's an 86% chance that they're going to just start their own path or go for that leadership role. So it's really important to create representation uh, just because, you know, we can't relate to other cultures, right? Like I can't relate to a white man, right? Like right, we're, right. we're different. Like, yeah, of course he's going to be more confident than I am because to be honest, he has more advantages than I do, right? Like I'm right. an Asian woman, like everyone's going to target me as like a quiet, you know, person, or I'm the exotic, like sex object versus like right. a white man, like they're praised upon. And I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Like this is just the truth. And so right. I have to work a lot harder to be taken seriously. Right. I mean, you don't like Caucasian men don't get, you know, messages on LinkedIn saying, Hey baby, can you send pretty pictures of your, of yourself and outfits? Right. Like, Right. Right. Like they'll send that to me because they think, oh, here's a quiet Asian who's just going to do what I tell them to do. And so. Right. Or she needs her her green card or something. Then I. Exactly. Or maybe I'm a mail order bride or something. Right. This is the type of stuff we go through all the time. And so that's why it's so important to create a voice. And especially with the book that we have, Asian Women Who Boss Up, that I that's like when I saw Crazy Rich Asians for the first time in the movies. Right. I was like, Mm -hmm finally a platform that talks about Asians. It's not like the stereotypical thing. It's the same thing with this book. Like how many books do you see that highlight 16 Asian women on a cover of a book? Right. Right. None. I mean, not that I can think of. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And what year are we in 2021? Like what's going on? So that's why it's like, if you want things to change, like you got to do it yourself. It's not easy. Of course, like anything that I've done wasn't easy. Like some days I wanted to quit. Some days I was like, is what I'm doing even like worth it? So, I mean, we all go through these thoughts, right? And I think the more we're honest about what we do and what we're thinking and some of the hardships that we go through and how we overcome it, that it helps people realize like it's all just part of the process, right? You fail. So did your, did your podcast actually like, well, while you're doing your podcast originally, let's start from there. Were you, already targeting, like, I'm going to target Asian women. I'm going to interview them. Like, how did that, or did it lead into that? Like, how did your podcast transform? So so in the beginning, I really did want to interview Asian women. And then at the the time, as I was creating it, I just, for some reason, I just felt like, I don't think I can get a lot of Asian women sharing their stories, right? Just also because maybe I had the lack, like, I just had this mindset thinking they're not going to share their story. But right. then as more and more women said, yes, I said, okay, I think, I think I'm confident enough now to, you know, just really stick to Asian women versus women from all different cultures. Not that I have right. anything against women from other cultures, but I just really wanted to create something that was for Asian women. And so that mm-hmm. happened in like the first season of my podcast. And then from then on, I just, you know, started interviewing women from all walks of life, like all different walks of like life and whether it was in Asia or uh, Africa or Europe or America or Canada, like okay. Asian women from all over the world, because I mean, we all go through similar things. We all still go through like an Asian upbringing that kind of tells us to never like put yourself out there. Right. And so because right. of that, we to go be- through some, 
to, yeah, like go through so many things and like mental health is such a big issue in the Asian community. It's still like a huge taboo. It's like not, not proper to talk about it. Or if like we, if we talk about that, we go through this stuff, like something's wrong with us, but we all go through it because we're human. We're not perfect. Right. Well, I love that you thought along the lines, like originally when you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to target Asian women. And then you even expanded to, well, let me talk to Asian women in Africa. Let me talk to, you know, to see everybody's different perspective on where you're living. And that's what I, you know, when I first brought up, like in Canada, I can't even imagine Canadians being so, you know, racist or anything like that. Oh you're God. like, oh, no, no, it crazy. happens. We get a lot of um polite racism because <laughs> you know we're polite <laughs> so there wait, are wait, what's the definition of polite racism <laughs> that well, seems like, weird it's like a person might go up to you it's like oh do you have the virus because they're a chinese person uh, or uh i had a friend who just got a job at a law firm last year right and mm -hmm. she's filipino chinese and so you know her friend that worked there was introducing her to all the new people that were work like to all her co new coworkers, right? Right, right. And then one lady um, told when she got introduced to him, one lady, she was like, "Oh, you look like Becky," and she looks at Becky, she's like, "We look nothing the like alike other than the fact that we're just both Asians." <laughs> right, right. Oh no, I, 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 it's crazy on social media. I, I've put myself out there, you know. There's, you know, there's different types of apps, and TikTok is is kind of blowing up right now, and. I, I constantly have people who are like, you know what you remind me and you, you look and sound like Randall Park. And I'm like, is it because you, that's the only Asian, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, t I totally get what you mean now by the polite racism. racism. Yeah. So we, we get a lot of that. <laughs> okay. So, uh, with that being said though, uh, you know, you, it's led you to now, as you mentioned, uh, co-author the international best-selling book, Asian women who boss up. What does, you know, what does that definition of bossing up mean to you? How does, how does that apply to, to women? Yeah, for sure. It's just, you know, being able to overcome your fears, right? Like your mind plays tricks on you and you're like, it gets bigger and bigger because you feel like this is like the biggest thing that you need to overcome. But then mm -hmm. once you take the first step and just overcome it and just push through the awkwardness, being uncomfortable, it it like really makes a huge difference because it's like, if that was the worst thing I had to handle and I'm still standing and I didn't die, I can really right. conquer everything else. So that's one thing, like being able to overcome your fears, being able to handle rejection. Cause let's face it, we all get rejected for something. Right. But sometimes right. we treat rejection as like, that's it. You know, it's the end of all ends. I'm no good. I suck. And I still go through that as well. Right. Because I mean, I'm still unlearning a lot of things from my upbringing. And right. so being able to realize like, you know, it's all part of the process. And when you can just push through that, like you'll be fine. Right. Um, being able to push forward with any like uh, circumstances that you've been through, like some of the women that's in this book, like I'll share some of their like brief story. Yeah. And, like we have one lady who got uh, diagnosed with breast cancer okay. and get got sued by the FTC at the same time. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> So she was diagnosed with breast cancer and sued by the FTC all at the same time. And also her dog died. So can you imagine going through like two or three traumatic experiences all at once? Like, how do you come out of that? Right. Like right. most people are like, uh, my, it's done. I'm done. <laughs> like, right. Know? I'm over. I got to go. Yeah. Peace yeah. Out. But, but she was able to just overcome it, build, like build herself back up. And now she's, you know, 
she's like thriving, right? Because she realizes that, you know, this happened to me for a reason and I, there's a lesson out of it, or maybe this is a story I need to share other people. And so Mm. a lot of people see like their circumstances as something negative. She changed her perspective on it and realized like, I can wallow in my sorrow or I can get back up and keep moving forward and fix this, right? Because there, you have two choices. You either don't do anything or you do something about it. And right. so just sharing something like that is really powerful because it's like you had breast cancer and you got sued by the FTC. Like, can you imagine trying to find a lawyer when all your assets are frozen by the government? It's, it's, right. it's stressful. And then trying to figure out like your treatments for breast cancer. It's, it's not easy, right? Right. So, so is this book a lot of like short story or stories yeah. about a bunch of women that, you know, how they overcame whatever adversity they're they're dealing with? Yeah, that and like, you know, just being like bringing their upbringing in their Asian culture, right? Especially like as Asian women, we're just told what to do. It's like, go out, mm-hmm. go to school, get a job, never make any noise, go get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of us, that's not really what we want to do, but we feel like that's the American dream, right? Because that's, right. The, that's the thing we've been sold on for so many years. And right. so just learning to be able to come out of your shell to like forge your own path and even talk about the things that we went through while forging that path, because it's not always easy, right? We have women who were drug addicts, who, you know, who were alcoholics, who've been able to overcome it. We had one girl who on her way, like she and her family took a small boat from Vietnam to California. And I didn't even know this was such a thing, but they were kidnapped by like Asian pirates. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. And so they almost got separated. So I guess they just want, cause she was like one years old at the time when she was migrating. And right. so if it wasn't for the U S Navy, like she wouldn't be here today sharing her story. But luckily the U S Navy was there. They were able to save them there. She was able to reunite with her parents and move to, to America. And then even um, I read even another girl, like I didn't even know you could do this in school, but she was able to create her own major. A lot of us, when we go to college, it's like, we're so pressured to pick something to graduate from, but she was able to create her own major. As long as she had the proper thesis and paperwork to validate why she should graduate with her own major, then she can go ahead and do it. But like some of us were so um, stuck in what we're told to do versus like thinking outside the box. Because for me, I would rather do that because sometimes when we go to college, we have no idea what we want to do. Right. And no, we just, there's no pick, guidance. Yeah. And so then you pick like courses, like I'll just take English. <laughs> I don't know, right. right. Just because, for the yeah. sake, just for the sake of going. And so right. when you can do something that really does give you that life skill to take on the world. I mean, that would make more sense and it's worth your money. So yeah, these are just some of the stories that I've been uh, that that are in the book, which are amazing. Um, because I love that. Yeah, yeah it's, nobody. It's, it's amazing to be able to get inspired by these women, and then you know, I, I can't even imagine this woman who went to college and was like, "Nope, none of these majors seem enough for me. I'm gonna make my own." Like that's powerful. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, even I was reading, I was like, oh, wow, I wonder if other schools like do that because this was in San Francisco. So I don't know if other states do that or even if, if Canada did that, I would I, I pro- probably wouldn't have taken accounting. <laughs> <laughs> so then did you did you find these women or did they find you? Like, how did you get all these stories? Yeah, some of them were past guests. Some of them are through referrals. Some of them were through a friend. Um, so 
you know, it's just like one connection after the other. And then we just said, Hey, let's make a book. I mean, it wasn't easy, of course, right? Like trying to right. find women who'd want to share their story and understand like what this mission of this book is. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's like always pushback in anything you do. But I'm just right. really glad we made it happen. No, I love it. And even in your bio, it says, your mission is to help Asian women boost their confidence to live their authentic selves. You help Asian women create a voice in the world and create a stronger representation for Asian women. Why is that so important to you? I think it's, it goes back to like my younger self. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I didn't have that representation, I didn't want future generations to go through what I went through. Like I already have a nephew. He's two years old. He's half Chinese, half Lebanese. So that's him being a biracial you know, person. Like he, I, you know, he would probably feel like he doesn't belong to either cultures because most people who are biracial, that's how they feel, right? They're not Asian enough or they're not Chinese enough. They're not Lebanese enough. They're not white enough. And so I also don't want him to feel that way as well, right? Like I want him to embrace both of his cultures, right? Whether right. it's buying books in, in Lebanese and in Chinese or, you know, saying her, his grandparents Chinese, like, you know, say, like, like the Lola version of Chinese and the Lola version of Lebanese. Um, being able to just tell them like you belong to both cultures, like that's a good thing, right? I mean, right. you get to eat both kinds of food that are just delicious. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You get, you get to go to two places like Lebanon and like, uh, like, well, for the Philippines for us. But I mean, right. like it's, it's instead of making people feel like they don't belong, we want to embrace them, right? Because this happens to so many people who are like multiracial Asians, right? They just feel like, Growing up, they didn't feel like where they didn't know if they belonged anywhere, or they were like just in this gray area because they were seen as like different from both cultures. And it's unfortunate that they had to go through that. And it happens more often than they realize it, but because nobody talks about it, um, we just don't know what happens. But it really does, and that's why I really want to create the a stronger representation of Asian women. I want them to be able to be courageous enough to even just share their story. And mm-hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. And that's why it takes so many, like being takes the representation to show them like, look, I'm, I'm up here too. Like, it's not always easy for me to share my story. In fact, if it were up to me, I would just watch like K-dramas all day. <laughs> 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 but I understand I'm doing this because it's something bigger than myself, right? Whether it means being on TV or like sharing my, my story in an article or sharing it in a podcast. Like I know there's someone out there who can relate to all these things because we have to be more open about these things. If not, like we feel like nothing's wrong with us when there's so many people hurting there, especially Asian women, right? Especially like with what happened with the um, Atlanta shooting, like right. we were, we were dehumanized to be honest. Right. Like, right. you know, they couldn't even say their names, right. They couldn't even spell it right. And mm-hmm, then we're mm-hmm. being blamed because we're treated as sex objects. So it's like, right. really? Like that's right. not right. And it doesn't matter if a woman decides to go in the sex trade like that. I'm not going to judge them. That's, if that's what they love to do, fine. But like, don't be, don't blame us for this man who decides to go to three different places and start shooting up innocent people for no reason and using his addiction as an right. excuse. Right. So no, I love I, your, I love your energy and I love what your, your mission. And I mean, my, I myself have two daughters who are half Filipino, half Mexican. So it's, I am in our, our household. We're making sure that they know both 
you know, different sides. I mean, we have the best. I mean, we have Filipino food and Mexican food. So, yeah. I mean, they can't they can't go wrong. So I appreciate appreciate what you're doing. If women want to reach out to you um, in either a, you know, know more about your podcast or um, your book or, or actually want to be a guest, how can they find you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they can go to my website, shinayapchan.com. They can pre-order a copy of Asian Women Who Boss Up. Part of the proceeds I will donate to like organizations such as StopTheAsianHate.org and one here in Canada. It's called FightCovidRacism.ca. And so it's a book with a cause. And they can also mm-hmm. have, I have free reports where you, they can also get called Eight Ways to Boss Up in Life, to Boss Up Your Confidence in Life and Business. Uh, for the podcast, they can also check out the towelofselfconfidence.com. There's past episodes there. Uh, they can email me uh, if they want to be a guest. Um, and they, they can also look for the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all the major directories. And in case you forgot everything I just said, you can also Google my name, Sheena Yapchan, because I'm the only Sheena Yapchan on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love that. that. That makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you know what, Sheena, you're amazing. And keep doing what you're doing and representing all those um, Asian women out there and keep, you know, letting them know it's okay to stand up. And we'll definitely have your information on our show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was such a blast. Absolutely. And to learn more about today's show, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Also, if you have any suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe as well as follow on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, I'm Hula Ramos, and I'd like to thank you for listening. Please join us for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices Radio show next week. And take care until next time.